0: Good morning. I'm not Jimmy Sportsman. He uh, asked me to sub for him today, and so I'm going to try to uh, share a few things with you that I hope will be helpful uh, to you. If you grew up in my generation and you were in the Church of Christ, there's a good chance for you men that you participated in the young men's training class where on Sunday evening or Wednesday evening, young men were separated from everyone else, and we were taught to uh, read scripture, taught how to pray in public, taught how to lead songs, you know, uh, wave your hand in three-quarter time or four-four time, and if there's any other time, it's just up and down, you know. <laughs> and then we were also trained to make the talk. So when I was about 11 years old, I got to make the talk on Wednesday night. And of course, I talked about football. Of course, Jesus was the quarterback, and uh, he ran things, you know. And there were these big, gigantic angels that were the offensive linemen. Their job was protecting to protect Jesus, the quarterback, from the evil devil of a middle linebacker. And in my generation, he wore number 51 in a Chicago Bears uniform. (laughs) So those of you who are, are my age, you know who I'm talking about, Dick Butkus. Well, after coaching for 40 years, I've discovered the middle linebacker is not the devil. The devil wears a striped shirt. (laughs) He doesn't know what past interference is. Now, if you're an official, sorry, Donnie, if you're an official, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, except for the part about the past interference. The Lord spent a good deal of time teaching, and a lot of times he taught in parables. And a parable is just a story with with uh, deep meaning or often more than one meaning. And I have collected many, many stories over the years, and so I'm going to tell you stories this morning. Uh, Some of them are short, some of them are a little longer. And at the end of the story, I'm going to give you the opportunity to visit with the people sitting around you about what you think the story might mean. Now, Jesus sometimes left the meaning open, and sometimes he told the people what the parable meant. So I'm going to do the same thing. Sometimes I'm going to just leave it to you to figure out what it might mean. Sometimes I'm going to tell you what I think it means, although it might mean something else to you. So there's this little boy at church, hadn't been to church very often, and he was visiting a church they hadn't been to before, and he was just barely old enough to kind of pay attention. And uh, he was real interested in uh, people standing up and singing and sitting down and prayers and uh, sometimes people getting up and leaving and then coming back and all kinds of stuff going on. And he was particularly enthralled with the communion service, especially when they passed that plate and people put money in it. And he watched as his dad dug into his pocket and put money in the plate. He really, really was interested in that. And so on the way home, daddy was in complaining mode. Man, that preacher was so boring. It was long. He talked slow. I had no idea what he was talking about. And that song leader, the songs were old songs, He sang them so slow, and the lady behind me, she was just screeching. I couldn't believe it. And then the people, you know, when they said the last amen, we're trying to get out. And they're all trying to shake our hands and find out who we are and everything. And the little boy, thinking back to that plate that had been passed, said, Well, Daddy, what do you expect for 50 cents? Okay, there's the parable. You have about a minute. You have, per, you have permission to talk for just a few seconds, then I'll go to the second one. I'll be disappointed if you don't talk to the people around you. Okay, parable number two. This past summer, I was privileged to travel with the youth uh, as they traveled to McAllen. And, uh, and did some work down there for some very needy folks. And uh, I was part of a, a building crew. And uh, the first day we were there, uh, we were assigned to this home where the, the back corner of the home was about eight inches lower than the rest of that room and the rest of the house. It was just sinking. And so our job was going to be, and it was it was an add-on kitchen. So our job was going to be to tear down this room and then rebuild it level. So the first day from 8 to 1230, we destroyed that room. We took out all the appliances. We took out the sink. We took out all the cabinets. We took all the walls down. We put in a, uh, a temporary support for the roof so that we could take all the studs down. We pulled the floor out. We pulled all the beams out, and so it was torn down all the way to the dirt. And we did that in four and a half hours, and that's when we found the termites. That was the problem with the home. It was infested with termites, but our job was to to build it back up. So we started building that afternoon uh, the the men, uh, Victor and Bubba and some of us, there were, those, I mentioned them because they're the two that knew what they were doing. The rest of us were just there. And um, we started building it back. And so we put in a floor and we leveled it. And just to make a long story short, it took us three days to put it back. And so it occurred to me, it doesn't take a lot of time to tear something down. But it takes a lot of time to put it back. And that can be with people, too. It doesn't take long to tear somebody down with our mouth. But it takes a long time to build them back up after we've torn them down. And so that's the parable. You, you may talk. Okay, parable number three. This one I'm going to sing to you. Now, Jimmy has sung to you before. Jimmy sings a little better than I do. You all know this song, and you're going to want to sing along with me because you know it. And because I sing so poorly, you're going to, want to drown me out. But I am going to change the words. So if you will just listen and not sing with me, I'd appreciate it. <clears throat> Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, white and white and white and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. It could have just as easily been rich and rich and rich and rich, smart and smart and smart and smart, young and young and young and young. You can put whatever adjective you want in that line and change the song. Okay, you can talk. Okay, parable number four. So, this bum, homeless bum, walks into the church building and he comes down, he sits down about halfway up, right in the middle of everything. He needs a bath. He's got a dirty old hat on that he doesn't take off. Holes in his shirt, holes in his jeans that are not put there on purpose. Holes in his boots and smells terribly. And so people start complaining to the nearest elder. We got to get that guy out of here. He doesn't belong in here. He stinks. He needs a bath. Doesn't he know any better than to come looking like that? And so the elders have a quick meeting at the back and they draw straws, and the loser gets to go up to him and ask him to leave. And so this elder comes up and says, "Uh, I can't believe you came to church looking like that. You need a bath, you have holes in your clothes. Nobody really wants to sit around you because you smell so bad. What I'd like you to do is to leave. And this week, I want you to pray. I assume you believe in God since you came to church. I want you to pray to God and ask him what he thinks about how you looked when you came to church this morning. And so the bum left. And the next Sunday, he comes in, and he sits in the same spot, he looks just the same, just the same. And so the elder goes over and he said, did you talk to God this week about how you look coming to church? Yes, sir, I did. And what did God tell you? He told me you've never been to this church. <laughs> okay, you may talk. <laughs> okay, parable, uh, parable number five. There's, there's three more. Parable number five. Had a very dear friend who uh, I went to church with for many years. And uh, both of our youngest sons, they were a month apart. They grew up together. We coached together for 13 years. He was my first assistant. So I knew him very well. He knew me very well. He was coaching his oldest daughter in a summer softball league. And uh, they were playing... uh, one of the the better teams and uh... late in the game last inning it was tied Okay, and the other team's best player came up to bat so he called timeout he walked out to the mound and he said we need to walk this girl we just go ahead and put her on first and we'll, we'll worry about the next batter there were two outs game is tied so they put this girl on first. And then the next uh, batter comes up and Coach Cone knew this girl's going to steal second. So he hollers out to the catcher, hold the ball. Don't throw the ball to second. Throw the ball to the pitcher. Don't throw the ball at all. Let her steal second. Every way he could think of, he told her. So the pitch came in, the girl took off to second. Catcher stood up, threw the ball out into center field. Girl rounded second, rounded third, and scored, and they lost by a point. So Coach Cone approached the catcher and said, Did you hear me tell you not to throw the ball to second? yes sir everybody heard you then why did you throw the ball to second cause my mama told me to okay now you can get in trouble with this one uh... the last time i did this parable i asked uh, one of our uh, youth classes here what that meant and uh, his answer was well the mama was the devil, and that's really it's really not what I intended them to get out of it. My first inclination was always do what your mama said. You can go a lot deeper than that and say um, you're gonna hear different voices telling you to do different things. And one of them is maybe the Lord, and one of them may be your best friend, and you're gonna have to make a decision as to what you need to do. So anyway, uh, I'm not telling anybody that your mama is the devil, okay? Okay, y'all can talk. Okay, parable number six. Before there were shopping malls, there were things where people went to shop called shopping centers. And all the shopping centers had an outside door and they usually had an awning where at least if you were window shopping, you would be in the shade. And uh, I was, oh, 12 or 13. And the other thing that I loved besides football was cars. I loved cars. So I'm walking along this shopping center uh, with my mom, and here comes this red and white '58 Chevy. I'd seen it before, but I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It's red. With a white top, was a two door coupe, had white pinstripe going down the side, had chrome reverse wheels with baby moon hubcaps, big old wide tires, raised white letters on it, dual exhaust coming out the back so it just kind of rumbled. It had alternating red and white tuck and roll leather bucket seats, had eight track tape up under the dash. It was a fine ride, I'm telling you. And so I'm walking along, watching this Chevy, and I walked into a pole. I had a knot on my head about the size of a tennis ball. When my mother quit laughing at me, she said, Boy, you need to watch where you're going and go where you're watching. So there's the parable. See what you get out of that. Okay, last one. I started with a football story. I've got to end with a football story. Those of you who um, played in the 60s, you may remember that not only did we not get water, coaches of that era actually thought water was bad for you, thought it was bad for you. Once in a while, uh, we'd get a little cup of some nasty drink, at the end of practice, along with a dozen or so salt tablets. Remember that? Yeah, that's what we got. But all during practice, if you sweated a lot, which I do, man, I want some liquid. I need some liquid. And so during practice, it was not unusual for me to pull up that practice jersey, take that wet t-shirt, (laughs) and slurp in that liquid. Now, you know that made it worse, right? The saltiness of it. But I, I had to have it. I had to have the liquid, whatever it took. Well, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about thirsting after righteousness. So you need to want to be right so bad that you'll do whatever it takes to be right. Just like when I had to suck the sweat out of the t-shirt because I was so thirsty. You need to be so thirsty to be right that you'll do whatever it takes. Okay, that's the parable. Okay. I would like to say that my wife hopes that I wasn't sucking the sweat out of somebody else's (laughs) t-shirt, which I thought about, but I don't think I ever did that. So we're here to help. If you uh, are in need in any way, if you want to to be baptized into Christ today, if you uh, want to confess sins publicly and have someone uh, pray for you, if you would like to be a member of this fellowship then, uh, then you're invited to come uh, right now as we stand and sing.